0: Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember... Let's get straight into this word because... This is, this is the, the reality of it. When you talk about the awesomeness of God, um, where do you begin and where do you end? <laughs> you know, it's just impossible. It's, it's a very difficult thing to do. It's a difficult thing to begin and end with the awesomeness of God. I almost feel like the awesomeness of God has no beginning and has no end. It's just an ongoing thing. It's always been and it's always, and it always has. And I guess that's, I guess that's right um, biblically because he is eternal himself. So his awesomeness is eternal. We use the word awesome. We use the word awesome, and um, and basically, it just means for us like oh, it's, it's cool. It was good, and the ice cream was awesome. But was the ice cream really awesome? You know, that ride was awesome. Was the ride really awesome? Like the movie was so awesome, but was it really awesome? Um, and 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 sometimes. Um, we lose the importance of our vocabulary and what the words mean. And I think it's so special. Today what I want to do is I want to continue on that thought that we kept hitting up on Mother's Day last week. First off, all, you, all the mothers, um, all the moms, did you have a wonderful time for Mother's Day? If not, let's redo, make sure your family does a good one today. Maybe everyone did good? All right. So so we in Mother's Day, we continue to go into this um, thought, right? You are in awesome wonder. You're an awesome wonder. And um, I felt like God wasn't really done with that. And he wanted me to continue with that thought and with those words, an awesome wonder. That's what today's message is titled, awesome wonder. Just say that to yourself today. I'm an awesome wonder. I'm an awesome wonder. But the reality is he, it's all because he is an awesome wonder. Any any awesome wonder in us is because he, f- he first, the initiator of all things. He is the awesome wonder himself. How many of you could say amen? amen. So last Sunday we had that opportunity um, to do that, to speak on this, to honor moms, and the Lord was reminding us that He didn't create anything that is not worthy of great wonder. All that He has created is awesome. Because our creator himself is awesome. Amen? So we can say that the creation of the creator will always display his awesomeness. Where is the wildest place you've ever been to that your eyes have seen, that has taken your breath away? And you'll be like, oh, this is awesome. And anyone has gone to like a specific vacation, or you, 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 you're able to view something, you've traveled the world, where, 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 at least the nation. Um, where, uh, where has it taken your breath away? Angel? That sounds awesome. She's on a mountain called Angel's Landing. Where is that at? In Utah. And you stood up there and you probably saw God's creation and you said, That's, this is awesome. Because when you stood on that mountain, you recognized that no bulldozers and no man created that mountain. And when you looked up at the heavens and you saw everything at its height, you recognized that no one created this. That, 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 that it, it's impossible for man in his, in his own knowledge and wisdom, anything that man can do to create something like this, this is the awesome creation of our awesome creator. And, and, and I've been to places like that. I love, like when we went to Israel, I love Masada. When we stood on top of Masada and we see the Dead Sea region, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And yet, how can, how can that be? It's just God is an awesome creator. And, and that's what he is. Let's, let's look at the definition for awesome. It's, here it is extremely impressive or daunting, inspiring. It's great with great admiration, apprehension, or fear. Awesome. It's extremely good. Excellent. That's awesome. And that's what awesome is. Um, I think about Psalm 19. If, in your notes, if you're taking notes, you should take notes. Everyone should take notes in church. Why not? It's the place where you should. In Psalm 19, go ahead and put a little star on that in your notes and say, I'm going to spend time on Psalm 19 throughout the week. Do that. And and I promise you, you'll be in awe of God's word and the psalmist's word here in Psalm 19. But I want to read verses 1 and 2. Listen to what the psalmist says. He says, the heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. I mean, what is the psalmist saying here? His creation testifies of him. His creation declares his name. His creation, that's why I love scriptures like, well, if you won't praise him, the mountains and the rocks will praise him. (laughs) Why? Because it's still his creation. He'll cause a rattling on the floor to make the, the rocks make a sound. And they'll start singing praises before his throne. He's like, if humanity won't praise me, I'll cause the earth to quake. And I'll listen to the rumbling of the rocks. And that will be a great worship before my presence. I mean, the mountains and the rocks will praise him. That's wild. So in a, in, a, in a sense that we could go make a right turn here and say, all creation is also created to worship his awesomeness. So we're created to worship. Whether you're a mountain or whether you're a rock or whether you're a human being, you were created to worship the living God his, and his awesomeness. You're an awesome wonder, created to worship the awesome wonder. The heavens proclaim the glory of the Lord. Amen? Now, I want to read a passage. It's in Exodus 15. Exodus 15 is, is a, it's a fun chapter in Exodus. I guess I could say fun. And the reason why, it's because a song was written. If you remember, Tito's been speaking a lot about melodies here. And, and this is what happened with Moses. Moses and the Israelites received a melody from the Lord. What happened with the Israelites was they had just fled um, uh, Egypt. And as they fled Egypt, the enemies were behind them, the Egyptian armies and Pharaoh. They crossed the Red Sea. The Red Seas opened up. You guys know the story of Moses? All right. And then when the enemy camp is chasing them, the sea swallow them. So when they look back now, the, the scenery is awesome, to use the word, right? To use the right word, awesome. Because as they look back, they recognize, oh snap, all our enemies are gone. We, we're alone now headed to the promised land. And all their enemies were wiped away. And What they do is it automatically erupts Moses and the children of Israel to begin to sing a song or to release a melody to their God, and the melody and the song that they release is this, and I'm just going to read verse 11 of it because it's too long, but it's an awesome chapter. But look at what they say in verse 11. They say they sing this: Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness? Fearful in praises, doing wonders. The ESV and the New Living Translation say it this way. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in splendor, in all your deeds? Awesome in splendor, performing great wonders. So in Scripture, they sing a song, and in this song, the Israelites are telling The Lord, man, you are awesome, God. You're awesome in all of your ways. You're awesome in all of your deeds. You're awesome in splendor. And you're performing great wonders. What does that mean? In his awesomeness, he's performing great wonders. In his awesomeness, his hands is moving and working out great wonders. And I talked last week about the womb of a woman and the great wonder with inside the woman of a human being being created. How can you not be in awe of that? And that's it, and Scripture says you fearfully and wonderfully made me. We'll, we'll get back to that Scripture again, not to re-preach last week's message, but but we're, I mean it's just His doings and His deeds are just a wonder. They're a marvel. There's something to look at and say, man, I'm not worthy. This is just mind-blowing. This, is, this stuff just humbles me. This stuff just really makes me feel so small before such an awesome God, but yet he says, I have such great honor to sit next to him in glory. Like, that's crazy stuff. Do we really understand the awesomeness of God? Come on, how many of you really think you know about heaven? How many of you really think you know about the new earth, the new heavens, and the new Jerusalem? How many of you really think you know about the elders that are around his throne how many of you really think you know about the angels that are singing "Holy, holy, holy" is the Lord God Almighty? How many of you really know, uh, think you know about the rainbows and the thunderings and the lightnings and the different colors and the different sounds and the many and the and the flapping wings of the thousands of angels that sound like rushing waters? How many of you really think you know the sight and the sound and the visual when you stand before the presence of the Almighty Yahweh and you look before His throne and all that you can do is buckle to your knees, fall to the floor, and confess with your mouth that He is Lord? How many of you can really display that in your mind who we're going to stand before one day? Listen, I'm just letting you know just in case you never knew this. He is an awesome wonder. He's an awesome wonder. He's an awesome wonder. And he's doing wonders. And he's awesome in all of his deeds and all of his doings. The Hebrew word for awesome is Yahweh. Yahweh. Everyone say Yahweh. You learned the Hebrew word today. And that's the, that's the word for awesome. And, and that word, Yahweh, in the Hebrew, it, it does mean, and please, this is so important as we talk about an awesome wonder, it does mean to be fearful. It means dreadful. And it means afraid. But here's, here's the thing. It's a fear and a dread that is rooted in reverence. It's a fear and a dread rooted in reverence. Reverence. Everyone say reverence. reverence. Reverence meaning that there's an honor, reverence, a respect, reverence, to be held in awe is what reverence is. The word awe, to be held in awe, is where we get the word awesome. The word awesome has has. Awe, oh, you are—you are the sum of all awes. You, you're, you're awe in yourself. You're awesome. There is no other one that can compete with that, and that's where we get that word awesome from. And and the word reverence is to to behold him in awe. And I said last week that yes, we are an awesome. Wonder. And the only reason we stand as awesome wonders is yes, because our God, as we know him, Yahweh, is an awesome wonder. He is awesome, all in himself, awesome, and he is great in wonder all in himself. He is something to wonder, and he's doing great wonders as well. It's just mind-blowing. He is something to wonder, and yet he's doing great wonders. He is he is to behold in awe. And 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 I love that because. We, we look at this word wonder, awesome wonder. And, and the Hebrew word there is pele for wonder. And it means extraordinary. It means marvelous. So he's doing the same. He's doing extraordinary and marvelous things. So, so let's, let's put those Hebrew words together for a moment. The one who is beheld in awe is doing extraordinary and marvelous things. The awesome God is doing marvels in this land. The awesome God is doing extraordinary things in this land. But yet the news causes us to, um, causes maybe many Christians in the land to, to, to cloudy our vision and our view and we listen to everything the news says. You automatically think that Fox News is a gift straight from heaven and it's falling in your living room. I'm telling you whether it's Fox News or CNN or who cares what it is, All that stuff, man, it's flawed. If you get away from the news, if you get away from the media, if you get away from your phone and you recognize with your eyes that God's given you, with the heart that God's given you, with the soul that God's given you, with the breath that God's given you and you look carefully all around you and you listen to people speak all around you and you begin to live life with purpose and what God's called you to do, you'll recognize that the awesome God is actually doing great, marvelous, extraordinary things around us in this world. We got to be very careful that we're not clouded with... With, with the things in this world. And, and, and it's very important. He is doing wonders, extraordinary, marvelous things. The word wonder in the dictionary means a feeling of surprise mingled with admiration caused by something beautiful. Unexpected. I love this word. I highlighted this word and I'm going to talk about this word a little bit today. The word wonder, unfamiliar or inexplicable. How many of you... Well, let me not say that yet. I should say this. It's the unfamiliarity of the Lord that causes those who are hungry after Him, those who are pursuing the great pursuer. We just sang, I will pursue you. We we sang the song I Will Pursue You. I don't know if you heard the words to that song. Let me I bold I bolded this. Let me let me read it how I wrote it, see if you get it. It's It's in that desire to cause me to become familiar with his unfamiliarity. So the first thing I said was, it's the unfamiliarity of the Lord that causes those who are hungry hungry and thirsty after him, those who are pursuing this great pursuer himself. When we sing, I will pursue you, the only reason that we can pursue is because he first introduced himself as the great pursuer. He is the great pursuer to our soul. Like, think about this for a moment. He created Adam and Eve in the garden, right? Okay. And he what? He would show up and walk with them each day. So every day he pursued the relationship with them. Their job was to show up to his pursuing. That's it. He was there. Did they show up? Because he was always pursuing. There is no way that you could sit here today and say, God has not pursued me. No, he's pursuing you. You need to show up to his pursuance. He, he's pursuing you. He's watching you. He's looking after you. He's calling your name. And maybe and, and, unfam- and maybe like, I'm just unfamiliar with the Lord. Well, it, it, it depends because there might be two different kinds of people that are here today. It might be the one that, are, that, that enjoy the unfamiliarity of the Lord because being... <laughs> Understanding that the unfamiliarity of the Lord is why I hunger and thirst for him even more. Because the more I see him as unfamiliar, the more I want to become more familiar with him. What does that mean? Okay, let me say it this way. Every day is he showing you new wonders. Every day is he speaking beautiful words. Okay, scripture says what? His blessings are what? Are new every what? Every morning. How can you be blessed every morning and yet not catch it on the next day? Like, ah, you did that one like five years ago. I caught you. It's like you're not gonna you're not gonna get him. He's he's you're not he's you're not gonna trick him. He's like it's new every day. When, when the blessings are new every day, meaning he still has not ended. He has he still have you noticed this? If his blessings are new every day, he still is not finished creating. He's still creating. He What's today? Angels are singing around him. What's today? He's like I'm gonna um, create a new blessing to fall on this person. I mean, so sometimes it's, we don't know, we know, okay, we know a whole lot more today than we did last year about the Lord, and my, our prayer is that you'll know a whole lot more next year than you knew this year about the Lord. What does that mean? You're growing familiar with the unfamiliarity of the Lord, and it's in that desire to cause me to become familiar with your unfamiliar, of unfamiliarity, Lord. The desire that should continue to grow in each of us is to familiarize us with your what? Well, what, what's the definition of wonder? To familiarize us with your wonder. What is it? Familiarize me, Lord, with your beauty. You should write that down. Familiarize me, Lord, with your beauty. Familiarize us, Lord, with your extraordinary and marvelous ways. What, what's the definition of wonder? Lord, f- surprise me, familiarize me. Surprise me with your unfamiliarity. Oh, Oh, right? Great and awesome wonder. That's, that's who he is. That every day you could wake up, take a deep breath when your eyes open and say, Lord, here I am. Familiarize me with a new beauty. Familiarize me with a new sound. Lord, that I would hear something from you, sense you today in my family, sense you today at my job, sense you today in the midst of traffic. Sent you today in ministry. Sent you in whatever it is that I'm called to do. Lord, allow me to become familiar with your unfamiliarity. Trust me, any man that thinks they got it all down packed and they know everything about God, man, run away from that man. No man knows everything about God. God is still the great pursuer who is still calling us to greatly pursue him. We're still learning and we're still growing and we're still pursuing and we're hungering. We're hungering. Thank you, Lord, for the things that I've become familiar with and thank you, Lord, for the deep, The depth search of the things that I desire to continue to become familiar with. Lord, allow me to long for the unfamiliarity that I'm not familiar with yet. And what does it look like? It might look like better children, a better marriage. It might look like a better job. It might look like a better love for the Lord. It might look like a greater service unto the Lord. It might look like a better worship, a better prayer. It might look like a more surrendered me. I don't know what it might look like. But Lord, make me familiar with your unfamiliarity that has not been revealed to me yet. Show it to me and let it fall on me. Let me hunger for it. More of you. Oh, great and awesome wonder. He is an awesome wonder. The psalmist said this. I'm going to read some scripture and let scripture speak for itself. Psalm 139. Psalm 139. I'm just going to read right through this. I just hope there's an amen in you once you read these words. We're going to read verses 1. Let's stop at verse. I guess we'll stop at. <clears throat> maybe where we stopped last week at 18, ready? He says, oh Lord, oh Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know, when I sit down or stand up, look at this, The psalmist. this is David writing. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I am going to say even before I say it. Isn't that crazy? You go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is to what? Wonderful for me. It's wonder. And the wonder is full. It's wonderful for me. Such knowledge. Too great for me to understand. What is he talking about? Everything that he just said is too wonderful. Like the wonder of it is mind-blowing. He the the fact that god examines my heart the fact that he knows everything about me the fact that when i sit down or whether i stand up whether whether before i speak my thoughts whether in my head everything he knows where i'm at where i'm going my thoughts he knows it all all his knowledge and understanding is just too much for me to understand his wonder is great verse 7 says i can never escape from your spirit i can never get away from your presence If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you're there. If I ride on the wings of the morning, if I dwell in the farthest oceans, even there, your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Remember this from last week? Thank you for making me so wonder, wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. There's a definition. How will I know it? Your work is marvelous. Your work is extraordinary. It's a wonder to watch. Verse 15, you watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, (sighs) you are still there. Oh, David, man, he writes so good. No wonder Saul, you, you know, sorry for sidetracking here. You know when, when Saul had a distressing spirit, when Saul was in depression? Saul, Saul struggled from depression. He would be depressed in his kingdom, in his, in his tent, because he didn't have a palace. David was the first palace that was built. But in his tent as a king, and he would say, call the young shepherd. Call David, and David would go his heart. He'd be like, I wrote a new song and David would sing in King Saul's room and King Saul would be able to rest and go to sleep. I mean, wouldn't you? Look at the way he writes, man. Inspired by by God, right? When you read Psalm 139, come on, all, all I could say is this. We serve and stand before an awesome wonder. We serve and we stand before an awesome God. He is the awesome wonder that we're speaking about. So ask yourself this question as we continue on. Do you wonder, do you wonder after his awesomeness? Do, 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 do you wonder after his awesomeness? What, what do I mean by that? Maybe we could say it this way. Do, do you desire to be familiar with his unfamiliarity? Maybe you're asking this. Maybe you're asking this. How do, I know, how do I know if I am desiring this awesome wonder who is God? How do I know if I desire this awesome wonder? Maybe you're asking that. I don't know. Am I desiring him? Well, we can start with how we started here in the beginning. We, we can begin with how we started here in the, in, in the forefront of my message. <clears throat> so here it is. Is God, is he beheld in awe? We're going to break this down a little bit. How do I know if I'm desiring this awesome wonder? Is he beheld in awe? Or, number two, is your life rooted in reverence? You wrote that down? Do I desire this awesome wonder? Or is my life rooted in reverence? Is my life rooted in reverence? Is my life beholding his awe? The Greek word for reverence has the same definition, same meaning as the Hebrew word for awesome. The Greek word for reverence is the same, has the same definition of the Hebrew word for awesome. So what am I trying to tell you? When I say this, is your life rooted in reverence? I'm asking this, ready? Because it's a godly fear. When I said fear and f- and, and, and being afraid and, and all those things, it's because it's rooted in reverence. It's a godly fear. I enjoy this so much. I enjoy this so much because... What, I, what I'm trying to tell you is this, and I, as you study the, the Greek and the Hebrew and, and you look at this word reverence, do you know that it actually can be described as reverent caution or holy caution? When I say things like, is your life rooted in reverence? Is your life set on or rooted in reverent caution? Is it rooted in holy caution? Is he your awesome wonder? Is he beheld in awe? Is your life rooted in this reverence that we're talking about? Because if your answer is yes, amen, it is, then you'll live in caution. In caution. You could use a different word for caution. You could use, I don't know, you, you, might, you, you could use discernment, you could use wisdom. But you'll live in caution. And I want to make sure that I describe caution properly because caution is not that you'll get caught by the religious police. That's not Caution. When I say you're living caution, it doesn't mean like I have to behave because I know that there's people that are looking like, that, that's just, you know, now you're living in the fear of man. So what, what, when you live in the fear of man, now it causes you to live in hypocrisy. Because then... Like Peter was going through one day in his life, he's like, I'll eat meat with you all, but when the Jew people come out, I ain't eating meat with them. And then what happened was um, one of Paul's best friends got caught up in that little false doctrine, and what happened was he began to do what Peter was doing. He says, one of my very own sons just got affected, so now I take it personal. When I see Peter in Jerusalem face-to-face, I'm going to confront him, and I'm going to tell him that what he's doing is wrong. Because what happened was his caution in religiosity caused him to live in hypocrisy. Your caution is not in religiosity. Your caution is in holiness. Your caution is in godliness. Your caution is not in what man might say. Your caution is in what Yahweh, what your living God says. Your living caution. It's not a caution that brings condemnation either. It's not a You know, that, this kind of preaching irritates people. This kind of, people don't like to listen to It's Like, oh, man. like No. There's no way that we just described, and we tried our best, because trust me, I'm, st- I'm missing a lot of points. We describe this awesome wonder, and yet think to ourselves, like, he's not calling me to live in godliness. The heck? He's not calling you to live in holiness and godliness? Did you just hear who we just described? All right, so, <clears throat> number the next thing, I don't know what number, if I didn't number any of this, but it's not a caution that brings condemnation and failure through the lens of religion. So not only does it bring hypocrisy if, you th- if you're always living in certain ways amongst people because of, of the relig- because of the religiosity that we see in churches and in this world, but it also doesn't bring you condemnation or feel like a failure uh, because you're, you're looking at your life through the lens of religion. I mean, well, come on, if not, what did Jesus say when he said things like, I did not come into this world to condemn it, but I came so that this world through me might be what? Saved. Is that truth to us or not? So it's a reverent caution. It's a holy caution. All right, It's a caution of one who is set apart. Did you catch that? Okay. Is your awesome wonder? Are you, are you chasing? Are you pursuing this awesome wonder? Okay, so If you are, then you live in reverent caution. right? A caution, now what is this reverent caution, this godly, holy caution? It is a caution of one who is set apart. Listen to the next thing. It is a caution of one who has been transformed and beholds their God in in all. It's a caution of, wait a minute, I am no longer that person. I now live for the glory of the Lord. He's an awesome wonder. All right, maybe if I read some of the scripture, you'll, you'll get more understanding of this. Paul writes to the church of Corinth. If you've done any study, I'm to the church of Ephesus. And if you've ever read or done any study on the church of Ephesus, um, you've you, you probably recognized um, um, Ephesians chapter 5. As Paul writes to the church of Ephesus about people in the church, he's actually warning the beloved. He's actually warning the church to stay away from such people that he's going to name. And, it's, and when you read through the scriptures, it's the people that present themselves as godly, but in watching their lives, they show fruit of ungodliness. So it's people that say they're godly, but their fruits show ungodliness. When you speak to them about it, they say things like, but you can't judge me. You know no one is perfect. <laughs> okay, I get it. But there's gotta be godliness and holiness in our lives. Amen. Okay, here we go. So it's Paul. <laughs> Tough crowd today. It's because I'm preaching on godliness. Is that what it is? All right, here you guys went to bed late last night. All right. It's Paul. I love this church, man. It's Paul. And he is what? He's reminding. He's encouraging, he's what? pastoring, he's leading. That's what he's doing. He's leading the church to live in awe. Listen to the words that we're about to read. And you determine whether he's encouraging or leading the church that they're called to live in awe. Meaning in reverence, in holy caution, in awesome wonder, before our awesome wonder. Amen? Alright, let's have some fun here. Um, I'm going to read a lot of scripture, so if you're not used to that, forgive me. Here we go. 1 through 13, and then we're going to go 15 through uh, 20. Let's row. Let's roll. Now, verse 1. Um, how does it start? God, how does it, <laughs> we could just say amen right after I read the first two words. How does it start? Imitate God. Imitate God. All right, we're done. Imitate God. I mean, he didn't have to even go deeper than that. Imitate God. So then he's like, but let me explain to you what I mean. Therefore, <laughs> in everything you do because you are his dear children, live a life filled with love. Following the example of Christ, he loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Do you think when Paul wrote this, there was people in the group that were getting stabbed in the heart a little bit? And the church of Ephesus was reading it, and those people inside this church are like... He's talking about us. He must have found out what we did. Like, like Paul's not dumb. In his writings, there was time when he says, I'm going to confront them, and he says names. And then there's times he says, I'm going to write a letter, and they'll get it in the crowd who I'm talking to. (laughs) So let there be none of that, right? Verse 4, let there be no obscene stories. You know, foolish talk, perverted talks. Obscene stories, foolish talks, coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. He's talking about a people that when they get together, nothing productive comes out of it. Everything that comes out of it is perverted and ungodly. Every time you all get together, you do what the world does. But when you get together live godly, that's what Paul is confronting. He's confronting a people that every time to get together and they're in the church, they don't look like the church. They don't look like awesome wonders, chasing an awesome wonder himself. So he's confronting them in their sin. Guys... We're just measuring ourselves, not with my words, with God's words. It's, it's good. This is good encouragement stuff for us. He says this. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. Paul, Paul is bold. For a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Wow. Imagine his counseling sessions, how those things go. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse their sins or these sins. Forgive me. For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. (laughs) Don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as children, as people of light. Seriously, if these people are living like this fully, there's no reason to write about it. The reason that Paul writes it to Ephesus is because there's some in the group that are not living it. So he's like, they're due for a letter. We have to understand reasons behind writings. It says this, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Hmm, What does that mean for you? Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Man, that right there is a powerful verse. I missed that one. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, what? <laughs> Expose them. It is shameful even to talk about these things that the ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. Let's go to verse 15 for a moment. So be careful again. Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Wisdom. Wisdom. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. What else do you do? Sing songs. Sing songs. Sing hymns. Sing spiritual songs among yourselves. Can you imagine having a party, and all of you are just getting together, and you're just singing the world does it. They sing their song. Y'all gonna make me lose my mind up in here. Uh, and everyone's singing their song. I mean, I kept it clean. I, uh, I could have gone a little bit dirtier, you know. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm from Miami. I know Uncle Luke. I know all those things, right? But, but what I'm trying to tell you is, like, like, they'd sing it when they get together. But, but he's like, when you get together, your, your fellowship, what, sounds different. Man. It's not just like, oh, go and sing a hymn, No. Go and sing a corito if you want to do it. But that's not only what it's saying. It's like when you gather, when you gather and when you fellowship, the sound that you bring forth is different than the sound of your neighbor because they live in darkness, so their sounds are sounds of darkness. But you, if you're a child of light, your songs are songs of light. So get away from the foolishness because it's going to what? Corrupt your singing. Listen, listen. When Tito comes back up here and he preaches on melody, don't get so confused. Melody is your lifestyle. Okay? When he's talking about melodies, it's this. It's when you gather, what's the sound that is being heard in your group or in your own personal intimacy with God? What's the sound? What does it sound like? Is it holy caution? Is it holy caution? Is it, is it reverent caution? Sing psalms, sing hymns, sing spiritual songs among yourselves. Make music to the Lord. Make music to the Lord. This is how I know it's not always just about singing it outwardly when we get together. But look what he says next. Sing music to the Lord where? In your, heart. in your hearts. That, that means that what? What's happening here is because of what? It's the fruit of what's really happening in here. What, I'm, what am I trying to say? The, the fellow. Okay, this is good. Man, I'm getting this. God come up here because I love you, man. Adrian, come up here. I want, I want, I want men around me. God you? Ah, Carlos, forgive me. I'm the only one allowed to call him God, though. Forgive me. I've known him since he was how old again? 27. Carlos, forgive me for calling you God, <laughs> <that same> <laughs> Forgive me. You're not mad at me, right? No, no, no. We'll sing a song. A little, a little bit. Let's sing a song, then. <laughs> All right. You know, this is beautiful. Omar, just come up here. Why not? Omar, come up here. Come here, come here. Come up here. So, so we get together. We hang out. And we do life together. And, 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 and back to the scripture. Give thanks, right? Uh, um, wait, no, I went, I went too far. What verse am I on? 19. Sing psalms and hymns, spiritual songs among yourselves. Make music to the Lord in your hearts. Give, and then verse 20 says, And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's, it's a beautiful thing because in our fellowship, in our gathering, even amongst us, in our brotherhood, and if you had sisters in here, same thing, in our brotherhood, in our sisterhood, in our, in our family, in what we do together with, it's inside these walls or outside these walls, or whether we get separated from one another and the world's, and the witnesses of the world, uh, the, the eyes, witnesses of the world are looking upon him as he's separated from his brotherhood. Whether we're together or whether we're apart, whatever it is, in whatever season that we're in, whatever we're doing. From the, from the sun up to sundown. What's the melody of the heart? What's the song of the heart? What is the fellowship bringing together? Because if the fellowship is not strengthening the song in the heart and it's corrupting it, then the fellowship is no good. There's something in the fellowship that has gone wrong. And someone in that fellowship needs to get that thing fixed because at the end of the day, every single one of us is living before the awesome wonder. And we need to hold each other accountable to be awesome wonders because we live before the awesome wonder. So it might start off good, but by 11 o'clock, the talking might change and the wordage might change and the gossip might start and the speaking bad might begin and the perversion might begin. Someone in this group needs to become the awesome wonder and say that's not what we were created for the melodies of our heart are a pleasing aroma before our God and it needs to stop it needs to come corrected because it's the melody it's the song in the heart man, foolish talk I don't have time for it seriously, disconnect from it from the stupidity that people want to bring to what? to corrupt what the Holy Spirit is doing in your heart Destroy that stuff. Man, I get text messages all the time with stupidity. Phone calls all the time with stupidity. And I have to control myself to say, no, that one was stupid. I can't entertain it. Why? It will affect the melody of my heart. So what do I got to do? Even in times of need when I am getting affected, I better find the right one that I could connect with because, hey, there's a song inside of me and it's not sounding right. Can you walk with me for the night and just tell me some stories and give me some testimonies and speak some scripture into me because lately things haven't been so good. I've been listening to some lies and I've been in a dark place and, man, I just might need you right now just to sing a song. I want to hear the melody of your heart. I want to hear the singing of your heart. And sometimes... If he's not right, when I'm in desperate need, who am I going to go to if I can't touch some of the ones that God's called us together to sing a song before his presence? Man, awesome wonders before the awesome wonder. Thank you, guys. Masculine, golly men with beards. With beards and oil in their beard and all that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) thank you Jesus love this he's an awesome wonder and he's transforming us in reverence and in awe to become his awesome wonder here on earth holy caution reverent caution how do you live on earth do you live holy and reverent why should I because you're called on this earth to display the glory of the Lord remember last week alright let's finish the last lap we're done Hebrews five. Let's just read through it. So good, this scripture is good. We're gonna go to Hebrews five, then go to Hebrews twelve, and um, and then worship team. Let's just do this, man. Let's just end this. Um, Hebrews five four through ten. Once you're there, to give me an amen. Verse four of chapter five of Hebrews says, and no one can become a high priest simply because he wants such an honor. He must be called by God for this work, just as Aaron was, verse 5. This is so beautiful. This is why Christ did not honor himself by assuming he could become high priest. No, he was chosen by God, who said to him, you are my son. And today I've become your father. In another passage, God said to him, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek verse 7 while Jesus was here on earth this this is so important verse 7 he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death and God heard his prayers this is so good because of his deep reverence for God even though Jesus was God's son he learned obedience from the things he suffered How many of you suffer? It's God's schooling to cause you to live in obedience. Suffering is good. Do you know how you get expensive wine? I mean, there's a long process, but it begins where? The grapes got to get crushed. If the grapes don't get crushed, the fermentation and all that stuff, the process going into the wine will never take its next step but for something of such worth of such taste so delicate it starts at the wine press it starts being crushed Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane and he's filled with so much anguish that when he sweats out of his pores it's proven by doctors that you could be filled with so much anxiety that out of your pores blood drops could come out of it and he's he's Blood's come. imagine looking at Jesus and there's blood coming out of his pores. And he's in Gethsemane praying, Lord, if it's possible, Father, pass this cup from me, but nevertheless, that your will be done, not mine. What is happening there? What's happening there? He's being crushed. Where in the Garden of Gethsemane? Where's what, what's the Garden of Gethsemane? What's it called when you look up its definition of its name? It's called the wine press. Jesus, the great vine, the great grape himself stands in Gethsemane his blood's coming out of him and he's crying out to the father and he's being crushed in the wine press. Gethsemane called the winepress and he's going to bring forth a fragrance he's going to bring forth a wine that to the lips no man has ever tasted and once you, the Bible says what? to taste taste and what? and see that what? that he is good taste him You never taste any wine like jesus and see that he's good and sometimes we look at our sufferings and we don't recognize that our sufferings is god's dealing to cause us to walk in greater obedience and he says jesus learned obedience from the things he suffered god qualified him as a perfect high priest look because of his deep reverence for God. This, this is nuts, man. Jesus had reverence for the Father. Hebrews 12, 25 29 says, so beautifully it says, be careful that you not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. God is speaking. Christ is speaking. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, verse 26, Hebrews 12, when God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. I'm wondering when God is speaking to you today, what is he shaking? There was once a time when he shook the earth and we live in a time where he can't even shake you. Whatever. That's powerful. That's powerful. But now he makes another promise. He says once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. We are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable. So let us be thankful, let us please God by worshiping him, worshiping him with holy fear and awe. It's godly caution, it's it's a reverent caution, let us live in holy fear and awe. The New King James says it better, by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. And then he says, for our God is a consuming it's a dev- He is a devouring fire that's, that, that's how we ended last week we ended that we are called to display His glory on earth we were called to be awesome wonders the new King James says verse 28 by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and with godly fear that's it he's an awesome wonder so I'm called to to live in godly and reverence and caution and holiness set apart what are we called to do let's go back to last week I'm called to love God I'm called to love people I'm called to what uh, do good and part of doing good to add to that ending last week is to live acceptably with reverence. To live acceptably with reverence and godly fear. To live acceptably with holy caution, with reverent caution. Because he himself alone is an awesome wonder. And I too am called to be on earth an awesome wonder. So I guess the best thing I could say, or the last thing I can, I don't know, is to live with the desire to become more familiar with his unfamiliarity. Lord, I long for more of you, though I don't even know what more may look like right now. How many of you have been coming to our more gatherings when we have them? Can you stand up? Come come, come and join me. No, you're not going to speak. You're just going to stand next to me. Come and join me. up, let's tighten up, let's, let's come together, come this way, Jose, make your way this way, Adrian, follow Jose, Jose, come this way, or not, Jose, stay right there, bro, you <laughs> could, Adrian, come, come, let's just, come, um, Joe, come, let's just make a little, like a little pack, a pack, a pack, a pack of wolves, come on. you know, to speak into, <laughs> into their lives and to be an encouragement to the rest of us, we, we've been, we've been, we've been saying, come on a certain day and we're going to talk about what more may look like and it's awesome because when we gather or when we have a leader seminar how many of you came to the leader seminar and you came to the leader seminar Rafi's talking crazy stuff and the last one pastor leo uh javi spoke crazy stuff and we're going to have another one now in august and next pastor is going to speak about crazy stuff and but there's something that is in some of our lives that is saying i know it's god's calling me for more And I want to live my life searching and finding what more looks like with the Lord that's powerful because maybe more right now might sound like continue to desire to become familiar with the things that you still are unfamiliar with with God and let that drive you deeper like what 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 more are you going to learn in Scripture? What more are you going to learn in His presence? What more are you going to learn, not just in Scripture and His presence, but what more are you going to learn now when you begin to um, faithfully live out that which God is doing? Because there's something that happens when you receive, but something beautiful is that when you begin to act out that which you receive. You see, it's easy to say I can do a miracle right now, right? There's a young boy with it that has five loaves and two fish, but the five loaves and two fish could have stayed in that boy's hands and he could have taken it home to his family. But the beauty is, I'm going to take what God's given me and that which I've learned, I'm going to put it out and I'm going to live it out and I'm going to walk it out. And when I do that, not only will my faith grow, but there's going to be others in the crowd that are going to see the wonderful marvel and wonder of the Lord. Not only are we going to be floored by what more looks like, by becoming more familiar what God can do with five loaves and two fish because he spoke it. But when he actually does it because we see that we take a step of faith and obedience, not only what are you going to see, but can you imagine what they're going to see? Why? Because that which what God is pouring into your heart, you don't store it. Now you live it out. You walk it out. And allow now the awesome wonders to become the awesome wonders of this land. So now what happens is this. The greatest thing that happens is no longer on a Sunday morning. The greatest thing that happens is in the coffee break at work. It's in the conversation across cubicles. It's dinner with the family. It's because of what God's doing personally and what he's doing when we gather that now we become awesome wonders. And it's affecting friends and family that we do life before. Acquaintances that we do life before every day because we're acting and we're living out the things that we're hungering and are thirsty for. Lord, we hunger and thirst to become more familiar with things in our souls and our spirits and our hearts that we're still unfamiliar with. So that what? So that we could give you a great aroma to your name, but that also that many others would be blessed with the offering that we give. I'm called to be an awesome wonder, not just on Sunday at 10, or on Wednesday at 7.30. I'm actually called to be an awesome wonder when I get home and I have to be a husband to my wife. And a father to my kids and a friend to my friend and when I drive around and when I meet someone and when I go shopping and when I go to this place and to that place I can't just be oh awesome wonder when I'm amongst other wonders but the greatest thing is that those that are in darkness those that are in clouds those that are that, that are have just not seen clearly that we just walk gracefully around them and that scales from eyes begin to be removed that people will begin to be healed that people that are down will begin to be lifted up And when they say, what is it that changed? There was an awesome wonder that God put in my path. And he taught me about the awesome wonder. And ever since then, my life has also been an awesome wonder.